Roethlisberger pulls it back, throws, has Juju Smith-Schuster. What a start to the night. One play, bang, touchdown Steelers. And the Bears have it. It's a fumble and a takeaway. Eddie Jackson going the other way for the Chicago touchdown. Balls Don't Lie podcast. Let's go. Welcome, everybody, to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Regular Steven. Today on the show, we're going to talk baseball. Give you another update. It's been a, about a week since the last time we did uh, did a baseball show. So we'll give you an update on the standings, touch on the Rays and Cubs. I do want to say some things also about uh, the NCAA, uh, NCAA basketball. Uh, this investigation into Adidas and the bribery stuff that's going on with some of these high-profile coaches, all these things. Uh, I definitely want to touch on that for just a second. Um, we got NBA playoffs going on. Uh, wake me up when the final start. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. First things, guys, I want to touch on this NCAA stuff. Because it is very frustrating for me. As being a lifelong basketball fan, a lifelong Kentucky fan, I feel like a huge cloud, a huge stain. It's been going on for a year and a half, I think, since this thing came out. Uh, they're in. It's, it's an FBI investigation uh, into bribery and Adidas um, and how these assistant coaches um, are you know, basically getting paid by Adidas to influence where a lot of these players sign after they go to college. Uh, so like sports agencies um, and obviously getting these kids to sign with Adidas um, and just pushing these kids to Adidas schools. Um, your Louisville. Uh, Kansas, uh, some of these schools. And then you have other schools that aren't even Adidas related uh, that are involved. LSU, Arizona, uh, NC State is an Adidas school. Uh, but the big thing I want to touch on, uh, I, I just have it, I'm having a hard time understanding how Will Wade at LSU can get reinstated by LSU after he sits down and answers their questions. They said, he, first of all, he got suspended uh, maybe a week or two before the conference tournament started in March. Uh, and then he was reinstated after the NCAA tournament. The big thing was he hadn't sat down and talked with LSU. He didn't want to answer their questions. Plausible deniability. So he sits down and answers their questions, and they reinstate him. Did they ask a question about, was that you on the wiretap? Because reports came out that Will Wade was on a wiretap, his voice talking about a strong ass offer for a player. I just don't get it. He's on wiretap. How do you, what question, did they not ask that question? Plausible deniability. He answered all of our questions. Well, what'd you ask him? Because how could you answer away that question? Was it you on the wiretap? Yes or no? He says no. Who the hell was it? If he says yes, how the hell is he still at your school? I think these schools are really just daring the NCAA 
Because the incident of White says, once this F FBI investigation is over, that's when they're going to start looking into stuff and handling stuff. Everybody knows the incident of White can't do anything. They haven't been able to police the sport in years. And I really just think these schools, Bruce Pearl at Auburn, I didn't know anything. I'm not answering any questions. He had assistants on his staff getting uh, involved in this. They've already pled guilty. All the assistants that they've brought up have pled guilty and been sentenced. So we're just going to say that the head coaches don't know, blah, blah, blah. A report came out yesterday, Christian Dawkins <laughs> said that Rick Pitino actually didn't know what was going on in his own program, that Louisville. And he's the only one that's gotten fired. Bill Self at Kansas. Pretty sure they said they have him on recordings, along with assistants at Kansas. In regards to uh, Silvio D'Souza and uh, I believe Billy Preston and who knows who else. These aren't the first guys. These players that we're hearing, Sean Miller at Arizona uh, is reported to have been the one actually funneling the money to the player's family, DeAndre Ayton. Am I supposed to believe that that's the first player? Give me a break. And yet he's still coaching at Arizona. Why? Are these schools really just daring the NCAA to do anything? They just don't want to deal with this? I don't understand it. If you tell me that there's, if reports are coming out that say these coaches are on wiretap talking about these deals, you'd have to give me a real good explanation as to why, for one, either uh, are these reports false? I mean, what is going on? It makes no sense. But I will tell you one thing. It's putting a huge stain on the sport. After Duke was bounced from the tournament, there was a report coming out saying uh, Zion Williamson's mom was given money as a consultant for consultant, uh, consulting services. She's not a consultant. And who knows if that's true, but give me a break. Some of these players that are getting paid at other schools. Am I supposed to believe that the best schools aren't doing it for the best players? It's ugly. We've known a long time that this kind of stuff goes on. I think my biggest issue with it is that the NCAA is not going to do anything. What change is going to come out of this? Are we going to start being able to pay these players? Give them some of their rights? Let them earn some money off of their likeness? Maybe do some, you know, TV ads if there's a demand for it? I don't think players should get paid across the board. And I think college athletics would cease to exist if you tried to implement that kind of system. Not every player can get paid the same. How do you determine it? It'll still be a game of the haves and have-nots. If you're allowed to play players, you're telling me Duke, Kansas, Kentucky, uh, UCLA, 
uh, all these schools that are the top basketball schools, North Carolina, you tell me they're not going to pony up or be willing to pony up more money than, uh, a, a, you know, Iowa or Illinois. Of course they will. It's more important to them. You're gonna play. You're gonna pay the the women's swimming team. You're gonna pay the men's baseball team. Guess what? Those sports do not bring in money to the university. College basketball and college football. They're paying for all of it. Those are the sports that bring in the money to pay for all the other sports to exist at each university. You can't pay all of them. But what you can do are the players who, uh, you know, would garner some interest from, you know, local businesses, whether it's a car dealership or, you know, with a Zion Williamson, he might have a Nike commercial while he's at Duke. And was, is there anything wrong with that? Shouldn't he be able to make some money off of himself? Duke made millions off of Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett. They should be able to get some of that money. But something has to change. And I don't think the NCAA can do it. They can't govern themselves. They've proved themselves worthless for the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 years. They don't have the manpower to possibly keep up with all of this. The only way any of this information, this has all been going on, and the only way any of this information even came out is because the FBI was involved. Otherwise, we wouldn't know anything about any of this. That's how good the NCAA is at their job. They don't have ground to stand on. These schools are just saying, well, they didn't know. They didn't know. NCAA used to do something with schools and head coaches that said they didn't know what was going on. They called it a lack of institutional control. Bill Self, you didn't know what's going on at your school, in your program, your assistant coaches that you hired. Lack of institutional control. Sean Miller did know. You're on wiretap, man. Will Wade, your voice is on wiretap, man. All of a sudden, LSU gets a bunch of good recruits. Give me a break. It's ridiculous. And it's just ugly. I'm just ready for it to be over. But are these coaches going to get in trouble? It's just absolutely outrageous. Absolutely outrageous. Something has to change. We'll see. We'll see. But I just had to touch on that. Because it has been frustrating me. I haven't really had found the opportunity to really talk about it yet. Um, and obviously with, uh, you know, this FBI thing, it's it's back. it was back in trial on Monday. So there's been information leaking out. Uh, since then and I just had to touch on it it's just ugly it's just ugly we all knew it was going on it's it's just not it's not a good look for the sport 
We know what's going on in football. <laughs> that sport makes more money than basketball easily. Football is the big ticket. You're telling me they're paying players in basketball, but they're not getting money to kids in football? <laughs> Give me a break. Give me a break. Outrageous. So we'll wait for that shoe to drop. I don't think the NCAA wants this to come out. Because it's just going to blow everything up. Got to be their worst nightmare. But anyways, we'll touch on that as more information comes out. We'll see if any of these coaches get fired. I don't see how you can't fire some of these guys. It just blows my mind. But we'll see. We'll let it play out, see if these guys get fired, and then we'll touch on it again uh, when there's some uh, news to report on that. And after the break, we're going to take a quick break here. After the break, I'm going to go real quick into some baseball, uh, talk a little bit, give you an update about uh, you know kind of where the standings are, uh, and a little update on the Rays and Cubs. Cubs are kind of getting it going. So come, by, uh, come back after the break, and we'll talk some baseball. Welcome back to Balls Don't Lie. I told you we are going to talk baseball, and that's what we're going to do. First things first, let me give you a rundown of the standings. We'll start in the American League. American League East, at the top, you're looking at the Tampa Bay Rays with a 16-9 record. Uh, and then you got the Yankees in second place at 14-10. and 10. Uh, They're one and a half back. Uh, that's the top. I'm only going to give you kind of the teams that are still fighting in contention. There's some teams that are already falling out. We're not going to really talk about those. In the American League Central, you got the Twins sitting on top at 13 and 9. And then you have the Indians a half game back at 13 and 10. And somehow you got the Tigers one and a half games back at 12 and 11. Then we head over to the American League West, and we got the Astros at 15 and 9. Followed by the Mariners at a half game back at 16 and 11. Then you got the Rangers holding strong at 12 and 11. That puts them two and a half game uh, games back of the Astros. And then you got the A's, 14 and 13. Uh, they've played a lot more games than everybody because of that trip to Japan. Uh, but they are two and a half games back uh, as well. So let's get over to the National League East. Man, you got four teams sitting within a game and a half of each other. You got the Mets and Phillies, both at 13 and 11, sitting on top of that division. And you got the Braves a half game back at 12 and 11. And the Nationals one and a half games back at 11 and 12. So those teams, like we said, it's going to be an all-year thing with those teams. It's going to go all year with all four of those teams. It's going to be fun to watch. Same thing in the National League Central. It looks like, uh, you know, the National League East and the National League Central are definitely the most competitive divisions. I'm not sure if I'm going to say they have the best teams yet. I might. Give me some time. But definitely the most competitive. National League Central, you got the Cardinals sitting on top at 15 and 9, playing some good baseball right now. Then you got the Cubbies streaking 12 and 10, two games out. Pirates, 12 and 10, two games out. Brewers, 13 and 13, three games out. And over in the National League West, I told you guys, Padres and the D backs would hang around. 
Again, it's early. I don't expect it to last all season, but I think they'll make the race fun at least until around the All-Star break, and then we'll see how it goes. We'll see what happens with those teams. Uh, I'm just not sure if they're ready to sustain it for a full season, but we'll see. We'll see. But right now, the Dodgers, 15 and 11, sitting on top. And then you got the Padres and the D-backs both at 14 and 11. They're a half game out. So National League West looking more interesting right now than I expected it to. But we'll see how it goes. I don't like I said, I think the Diamondbacks are about a 500 ball club. I think you can see them hover around 80, 80 win mark, 81 wins. Uh, Padres, I think you can get in the upper 80s. Um, we just have to see. I don't know exactly what their schedule is like, but. Uh, we'll see how that goes. So, just to give an update on the two teams that we follow here. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays are five and five in their last ten games. Uh, got off to that real hot start, fourteen and four. Kind of coming back down to earth a little bit. You had to expect that. Had to expect that. If you keep up at the fourteen and four pace, uh, they would have broken the record for most wins in a season. Obviously, they're going to slow down, come back down to earth. Um, uh, got swept over the weekend by the Red Sox, all really close games. Uh, but then they did just come back and take two out of three from the Royals. Uh, they got spanked yesterday. Didn't play well. Didn't play well. Didn't field it. Didn't pitch it. Uh, didn't hit it. Uh, and they got spanked. So uh, the Rays, I do have one thing. Uh, on Sunday, Tyler Glasnow was pitching, and he was in the sixth inning. Um, he had only thrown 72 pitches and only given up one run. Gave up a base hit. Kevin Cash, this is the first real uh, mistake I've seen him make this season. Um, he pulled Glasnow, who has the best ERA in the American League. And the bullpen had kind of been struggling a little bit. That whole week, the bullpen hadn't really been sharp. Um, so the Rays are up 2-1. to one. Um, Glasnow gives up a hit to lead off the sixth. I think he'd gotten one out. I think he gotten one out. So there was one out. So he was only able to pitch five and a third. But he'd only thrown 72 pitches. So they pull him out. Uh, and then Boston, <laughs> after, you know, off the bullpen, uh, takes advantage. Takes advantage, takes the lead, and ends up winning that game. And this is my question for managers across baseball. When are you going to allow your pitchers to go more than five or six innings? Are you going to keep doing this bullshit where you're not allowing your pitchers to pitch out of trouble everything's just let's go to the bullpen let's go to the bullpen we got to get to the bullpen you overuse the bullpen and they're gonna suck too you got the era leader in the american league he had given up one run and gave up one hit in that inning and you're in a rush to get to the bullpen who comes in and walks a bunch of guys and gives up the lead It's okay to let these pitchers try to work out of trouble. It's okay to let guys throw more than 70 pitches. <laughs> that really rubbed me the wrong way. Especially because it cost them that game. This is a big trend in baseball. They're talking about once guys get two times through the lineup. Guys used to throw complete games all the time. And some of these guys that they have on pitch counts, I understand some of it. This is, it's, they're looking after these players' arms, these young pitchers' arms. They're all throwing harder than they ever have before. Injuries are way up. Tommy John surgery is, like, way more frequent than it ever was. 
They're trying to save these pitchers, but some of these pitchers that they've had on restrictions have still ended up having arm problems. I don't know. I don't know. It's just the philosophy shift in baseball. I don't like it. If you can't throw 100 pitches, if you can't get me six, seven innings, give me a break. And that wasn't Glass now. He pitched well. Managers, too quick to jump into that bullpen. Obviously, in certain scenarios, I completely understand it, but not there. Not there. He had not shown any signs of trouble. Just didn't make sense to me. Anyways, the Cubbies, 8-2 and two over the last 10 games. Plus 23 run differential. That's tied for second in the National League. Cubs have turned it around. And it's been the pitching. Jose Quintana must have been listening to the podcast. Because his last three or four starts have been marvelous. He's going deep into games. Not walking guys. Getting ahead in the count. He's been great. Cole Hamels, you've been great. Walked a lot of guys last night, but the offense bailed him out. They bailed him out. Javier Baez. Love that guy. Hitting 312 with eight home runs and 21 RBIs right now. Jason Hayward's gotten off to a much better start. Had a three-run homer last night. Wilson Contreras has gotten off to a wonderful start this season. He's been great. Still waiting on Chris Bryant to just be Chris Bryant or what we think Chris Bryant is supposed to be. I'm wondering. I'm over here wondering. Is he really that guy? Is he going to be that guy? Right now, Chris Bryant hitting 238. One home run. Eight RBIs. Slugging 375. That's weak. That is so... uh, It's weak. They're talking about a big, giant extension for Chris Bryant. Let's hold off. Yeah, I'm going to wait and see. That's what I tell him. We're gonna we're gonna wait and see, Chris. It's been a while since you had that MVP season, and since you look like that player, it's been a while. I like his versatility. I like that you can put him in the outfield as well as third base. But man, you want to talk big extension? Where's Javier Baez's big extension? That's the extension that I'm putting on. I'm doing everything I can to sign Baez long-term. If I'm Baez's camp, I'm probably trying to get the free agency because he's going to get paid. But if I'm the Cubs, I got to lock up Baez. That's my top priority. Baez puts butts in the seats. And he puts up numbers. I was curious to see how he'd come out and look this year after having such a good year last year. Last year was kind of a turning the corner for him, I thought. 
You'd always seen the potential. You'd seen flashes, but you hadn't seen him put it together for a full season until last year. So I was interested to see how's Baez going to come out and look this season. Was last season, uh, I want to say a fluke, because it's hard to do that for a full season and have it be a fluke. But to be able to come out for another season and still do that, um, when pitchers are probably you know focused in on you a little bit more, um, he looks good. He looks good. He's playing well at short. But Chris Bryant, man, man, man. Anthony Rizzo, you're hitting 205, dude. Four home runs, 14 RBIs. You're hitting 205. Why is Anthony, is Anthony Rizzo like, is he just not like the cold? Why does he get off to such a cold start every year? I know some guys do that. I've seen for years Rizzo get off to some of these starts, and he still puts up the numbers. Again, like I said last week, I'd like him to be more consistent, but I know those are going to be there eventually. And Rizzo's giving me a gold glove over there, stabilizes the clubhouse. I'm cool with Rizzo. I don't like these cold starts. It drives me nuts. But I know it's gonna. I know the numbers are going to come. I'm, I'm way more cool with Rizzo than I am with Chris Bryant. One home run? Are you going to hit for power? Or are you just going to be another guy? We said this last week, and still, Chris Bryant is just another guy. Had a double last night. Great. Are you going to drive in runs? David Bodie can hit doubles. Are you going to drive in runs? Are you going to get the ball out of the park? Because the kind of money that they were talking about trying to extend Chris Bryant for, that's the kind of money where you got to hit the ball out of the park. You got to drive in runs. I'm not paying that kind of money for a guy who's going to hit 15 home runs and drive in 65. You're not playing Nolan Arenado level third base over there. Nolan Arenado is going to give you 30 and 100 and play third, uh, gold glove third base. You saw what he got paid. Chris Bryant's going to want similar money. But you're not putting up similar numbers. Not even close. 2017 wasn't even close to what he did in 2016. 2018, we know he had the injuries. But man, when he was playing... <laughs> Not hitting for power. And that's what he's supposed to be doing is hitting for power. Chris Bryant, you got to get it going, man. That Mohawk ain't cutting it if you're not going to hit homers. Another thing I want to touch on, Addison Russell, because we're talking about Javi Baez playing, looking really good at shortstop. Addison Russell, uh, they said they announced he's going to be able to play seven minor league games. Uh, getting ready to come back for his return. I think they said May 3rd. I wonder what his reception is going to be like. He was suspended for, uh, I guess it was uh, physical and mental abuse of his now ex-wife or ex-fiance. I don't know if they ever actually got married. Uh, His ex-spouse. He was abusing her mentally and physically, it sounds like. Pushing her down. Some sick stuff. So if, if, if what was reported was true, 
I don't want him on the team. I just don't. I have zero respect for guys that put their hands on women. Especially athletes. Don't you realize that you are actually bigger and stronger than the average person? And you see yourself pushing women on the ground, big tough man. It's fucked up. I hope they boo the shit out of Addison Russell. Actually, I just hope they trade him. But how do you trade a guy who doesn't hit for power, doesn't hit for average, he's a good glove, but comes with this baggage? How are you trading him? Where's his trade value? Zero. Zero. And I'm sure someone will take a flyer on him. But you're not going to get much in return. Not what you could have gotten a couple years ago for Addison Russell. I hope they boo the shit out of him. Deserves it. It's an ugly thing. It's an ugly thing. We just take a stand when it's bad players or when they're good players. If he was hitting 30 homers and driving in 100, I can tell you I would say the same thing. It's not good. I know he's going to therapy. He's fixed. (laughs) Give me a break. Whatever. Whatever that means, I'm going to therapy for this. (laughs) To tell you it's wrong, you have to go to therapy to tell you it's wrong to push your pregnant, pregnant wife on the ground. There's nothing in your brain that tells you that that's wrong in the first place. Therapy can't fix that. You need to work on your anger. But if seeing your pregnant wife on the ground after you pushed her, if that doesn't sink in and say, man, that was shitty, I shouldn't do that, then having a therapist tell you that is not going to help you. Regulating your anger, sure. You might get better at that. I'd regulate my anger pretty quick if I realized my anger was the kind of anger that would allow me to push my pregnant wife on the ground. There's something wrong in your head. There's a filter that's not there. You can't fix that. I don't care. It may never happen again. You don't fix that. Go away. Not to mention, they don't need him on the team. They have a shortstop. What they need him to do is get on a field, a minor league field, have him look good, and then trade him. Because they don't need him. They have three guys rotating at second base with Zobris, Descalso, and Bodie. 
And then you have Baez at short. You don't need Addison Russell. Just let it go. We're giving him a, ch- a conditional second chance. Whatever. I hope they boo the hell out of that man. Aside from that, things looking up for the Cubs. 8-2 and two in the last 10 games. Javi Baez is off to a great start. The pitching's coming around. They need to go get a closer, though. It'd be nice to see them go get a closer. Brandon Morrow uh, set back on his rehab. Shocking. That's shocking. Got to find a way to get a closer. Strope, I like, but meh. That just takes somebody out of the eighth inning. It just makes you thinner. Strope in the eighth or ninth inning, I'm cool with it. But now if Strope's got to pitch the ninth, who's pitching the eighth? Some of these guys they brought up, they're doing okay. They're doing okay. Be nice to get some bullpen help. Sounds like Lester's going to make his next start. Be nice to get him back. Quintana's pitching well. Hamels is pitching well. Hendricks pitched well in his last start. Hell, Tyler Chatwood looked pretty good the other day. Be nice if they get some consistency out of him. You Darvish, wow. Can't stand you, Darvish. Can't stand it. But I'm excited. I think things are going the right way for the Cubs. Things are going the right way. Offense is clicking. It's good to see. It's good to see. You got a series with the Dodgers. Uh, Cubs have taken the first two out of that series. It's nice to see. They didn't let that bad start turn into a long, a long problem. Got to keep it going now. But good turnaround. Good turnaround. Looking like what we thought they'd look like. Or thought they should look like. But we'll be back next week. Okay? We'll, we'll let another week play out. We'll have another baseball episode for you next week. Please go check out the Marvel series that Anton's doing. It's really cool, guys. If you're, a, if you're into the Avengers... Uh, just Marvel movies. You got Avengers. Uh, the last Avengers is coming out this weekend. It's pretty exciting. Listen to that. Get y'all geared up. I tried to give my uh, pretty uninformed opinion <laughs> on Twitter about my top five uh, Marvel movies. <laughs> I got blasted a little bit for it. Apparently, it wasn't a good list. <laughs> Whatever. That's why I'm not doing those shows with Anton. I really don't know enough about it. I do like them, uh, but I don't know quite enough about it. Um, but I'm better bet your ass I'm gonna be in that movie theater this weekend. Bet your ass. They said that's a three-hour movie though. Our movie theater just put in these reclining, uh, like really comfortable reclining seats. I'm gonna take a blanket. Because that's a three-hour movie, they said, and I will put the over... Oh, man, I'm sleeping. <laughs> it's hard for me to go into a three-hour movie and stay awake for that long. I, I just, I don't know. Especially with those comfortable chairs. 
But I'm excited to go see it. I'm excited to go see it. So check that out. Okay? We're going to drop a Game of Thrones. We had some issues last week with doing it. Um, but we've had the second episode uh, this past Sunday. Excuse me. The third episode is coming up this Sunday. Looks like the battle is about to begin. Or the battle. As Jon Snow says it. They all have their different accents. But be looking for that. We definitely do live tweeting during the episodes as well. Okay. So check out the Marvel. Check out the Game of Thrones. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the regular Steven show. Uh, covering on the NCAA uh, corruption stuff and uh, and baseball. Giving you an update on baseball. And like I said, we'll have another one for you next week. Okay. So the balls, like you guys know, the balls don't lie. These coaches lie. These coaches are lying. That's how you know they're not balls, because the balls don't lie. And neither do I, and neither does that Anton guy. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you next week.